Welcome into the Fantasy Football Playmakers podcast. It's week 13. Waivers are running. Injuries are reoccurring. However, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Mackey, who you can find on Twitter, at Mackey underscore FFB. If you want to find me on Twitter, it is at Pope's FFH. Ryan, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Uh, outside of a little car trouble, I... I we didn't have the show last week, I believe, because I had the car trouble, Jeremy. Um, same thing happened to me again today on my way into work. Um, car, it's Tuesdays. Car dies in the middle of the road, probably a minute into my drive. Um, my work has this rule where if we come off of a vacation from a holiday, like uh, Thanksgiving, we get a break, Fourth of July, Christmas – if you call off or are late the day after we come back, so we were supposed to come back today. If you are late for the time or that day, that first day back, you lose your vacation pay that you received. So like I got paid three days off. I got paid for Thanksgiving Friday and yesterday, all holiday pay. And Mm -hmm. I technically was supposed to lose it because I was late today because of my car dying in the middle of the road. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully my boss has understood and I was able to work some flex time, worked 45 minutes extra and everything's good squared away. So my day started off really terrible. My fiance had to wake my kid, my fiance had to wake my kids up an hour early, had to come get me, uh, take me to work and then take them to school and stuff. Um, so, yeah, my day started off terrible. I knew about the whole late thing, no pay thing. So I basically begged and pleaded with my bosses. I was like, listen, I'll work flex time. I'll work over. I'll work an hour over to make up for my half hour I was late. Um, I don't really care what I got to do. I just don't want to be 30 minutes late and lose three days of holiday pay for it. So um, it's it's been – it was a crazy day today, but <laughs> happy it all worked out. And uh, even though my car is not fixed, it's like a $1,000 fix that I got, I got to take care of, but – um, just happy, happy worked out. And now I'm just ready to talk about week 13 and get things rolling on that. Hey, cars are cars, you know, I, man, I, I have the worst luck with cars, man. It's terrible. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's terrible. Well, well, at least you have better luck with dynasty rosters. I don't even know about that. We were just talking before the show, and I had a six and two team that's absolutely loaded, and now I'm six and six, and I have to win this week in order to make the playoffs next week. So I, <laughs> I don't know. And my my, I, I read you my starting lineup from last week, and my team is loaded. I just this is what it is. Jamar Chase. I mean, Tyree Kill is on a bye. Uh, Devontae Adams did, did some work for me, but CMC went down. Uh, Devontae Smith did nothing. I mean, Godwin did nothing. Uh. <laughs> Godwin. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah, good old times. It was the fumble. <laughs> ah, Chris Godwin. Gotta love it. No. No, I don't gotta love it. I kind of hate it, <laughs> as a matter of fact. You know, I just, at this point in my fantasy season, nothing surprises me. You know, I mean, Kendrick Bourne was like the wide receiver five this week. So 
I I did call him in one of our lineup questions. You I you did. I, I as I'm watching him go off, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm gonna hear about this one. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything. The only thing I I I, I was tongue in cheek about was the Godwin thing with you. <laughs> it made sense. I'm just saying, he's been good. You know. Yeah, but uh, over him over Elijah Mitchell, like I I got. I got the because Elijah Mitchell was injured. We yeah, didn't know he was playing I said, yet. I said on the live show that if they're playing him, giving their backfield depth, if they're playing, he's going to see a full workload. And I should have just stuck with him. Godwin played at one. We didn't know if he was playing yet. That was the decision. That was the problem. Okay. You know. All right. If he was fully healthy, I would I would have said start Elijah Mitchell. I'm not benching Elijah Mitchell the rest of the year. I don't care if he has a torn ACL. I'm gonna keep him around. Yeah, he's out there with like a bionic <laughs> knee. <laughs> Just he tears ACL tomorrow in practice. Knock on wood. Uh, I'm still starting him in my lineup. Just he'll score points somehow. Speaking of injured running backs. CMC, she shut down. They're shutting them down. Uh, ankle sprain. Kind of feels like it's just been a very tough two years for Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Um, obviously, if you still held on to Chubba Hubbard, you're in good situation. Um, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. I mean, yes and no. I mean, Amir Abdullah kind of is taking he, a lot of yeah, passing he work. Has, but. He has come around, and Chuba's workload has come after Amir Abdullah or before Amir Abdullah really became a thing there. So, I'm. It should be I'm, interesting. Yeah. Week fourteen. Who do they have in fourteen again? Um, week fourteen, they have. I'll tell you here in just a the second. The Falcons. Atlanta, and then they play at Buffalo, Tampa Bay. At New Orleans, so their playoff schedule is rough. They have Miami. Oh yeah. Oops, Miami. I'm missing a week. Nope, nope, nope. Missing a week. My bad. Yeah. You say so they just played Miami and got crushed. Yeah, my B. My bad. Yeah, they yeah, come out of the playoff yeah, schedule. Atlanta, which is an easy matchup, but then they get at Buffalo, mm-hmm. at home to Tampa, and then at New Orleans. So I mean, their matchup is. I'm. I know a lot of people are going to go after Chuba, and I understand why. But I'm—I look at that schedule. I look at what Abdul has done, even with when McCaffrey was in the lineup, and I'm kind of hesitant on picking him up, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that some people probably held on to him if they still have him. I mean, he's—he might be worth a start somewhere in there, depending on situational plug and plays, but or what your roster situation is. But um, other injured running backs, Dalvin Cook. Hang on, before, before we move on, what what's your take on CMC in terms of a dynasty asset and for redraft next year? Where do you? Because I'm kind of out on him as a top three pick next year. To be honest with you, I can't get burned like that again, even though the upside is so high. I feel uh, like he'll get the Saquon treatment to an extent. He'll probably fall to five or six, I would think. Um, just because, of, for example, I mean Jonathan Taylor seems like the clear cut one. If we're talking non-super flex. Yeah, as of right now, yeah. 
I would say he's probably one. I mean, two, you can argue, is up for grabs there. That's that's where it starts to get dicey. I mean, do you trust Najee Harris gets the same workload? You know, is Ben Roethlisberger back? Because if Roethlisberger isn't back, Najee Harris's value, I feel like, tanks because he's just getting the passing work. That's what's making him a PPR viable running back. I mean, his rushing totals, he hasn't been overly impressive on the ground. So, like, yep. where are you there? I mean, just DeAndre Swift there now like i mean when he gets the workload he's there you know like there's there's a lot of guys dalvin cook is another one that we're going to talk about here in just a second that's injured again like his value is going to drop coming next season at this point and i mean you could start to make an argument for wide receivers you know do you is that where you put in a chase is it okay let's just take kelsey you know i mean guys that give you a positional value that are just healthy all the time um but yeah, I feel like he's probably going to stay in the top five just because when he's healthy, he's one of the best fantasy assets in the business. So it's hard to ignore that yeah, upside. Um, he finishes the RB8, even missing the four games, five games that he did miss. So, I mean, he's still – the talent is still obviously there. But, I mean, if he falls outside of the top – Eight, like if I have the ninth pick and he's still there at nine, I'm probably gonna take. I'm gonna take him. His upside is just too high at that point, and I'll just kind of take the L if he doesn't return value. But in terms of dynasty, I mean, he was going for a huge, huge haul before, and now I've seen people trading him straight up for Joe Mixon, or uh, I saw one for. I think I saw one for like AJ Dillon in a second or something like that today on Twitter. So like, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nixon's a guy that's interesting. Where's his value going to be next year? You know, in like a one quarterback league, you know, cause you're looking at what right now it's Taylor Eckler, Mixon, Najee Harris, Fournette, Henry, Elliott, Swift, Patterson, Connor, Jones, and Kamara are your top 12 running backs. And so, at least, I mean, just historically speaking, at least four of those guys aren't going to repeat as top one or as RB ones. Cordell Patterson's the obvious one, and then yeah, I feel like Patterson gets James replaced. Connor, James Connor's the other obvious one, and then you go from there. Four, where that could be argued that he might. Nashi Harris could be an argument. Do you know what I mean? Again, it all comes down to. Who do you trust that high in the draft? You know, like I don't want to sit there on the clock at two and take Austin Eckler. No, no. I mean, it, it, I loved Eckler. I like Eckler, but not at two. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm looking probably even, elsewhere. Even with that pass catching upside, he's got in that offense. Yeah, I just, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't know. I mean, I. I, mean, I like, like him. Henry. It just seems like JD I, Henry. Yeah, at two, I mean, I would probably rather take Henry. I mean, Henry's still, if you go, like, points per game, he's the best running back, I think. Oh, he's probably going to stay the best running back in terms of points per game. Yeah, just like, I don't know. I'm really torn on CMC. I just feel like the upside's too high to, to pass on him too late in the draft. I don't see him getting outside the five. In some drafts, like you said, you might see him fall to eight, but that would be crazy to me. I mean – you can argue some of these other guys are going to drive up there depending on how they finish the season, you know? And you're still, you haven't talked about Cooks at an RB2 right now, Gibson, Chubb, like, 
I don't know. Not at two, I'm not going to take these guys, but I don't know. You could easily make it. You know, I mean, Austin Eckler's at 242 for PPR points. I mean, you've got the only person ahead of him is Cooper Cup at 277. And then there's quarterbacks. Like, honestly, even, you know what I mean? Like, you could make an argument that maybe even in one quarterback, some of these quarterbacks are more valuable. You know what I mean? Allen is at 269. Hertz is at 262. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And you also got to remember, like, guys like J.K. Dobbins are out. Cam Akers is out. Uh, I mean, but again, those are, those are, guys, those are you really going to take them at two, though? You know no, what I mean? Like, no. But I'm saying, like, those, there's going to be other guys with high upside coming back next year that m- people might be willing to take over CMC just because. They feel like they got burned by him last this year and last year for that matter. And they're just like, okay. I mean, Saquon still held his value. You know, Saquon had two injury ridden seasons leading into this year, kinda. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, I just feel like he's a lot younger with a lot less work on his and I guarantee he's he's not gonna be a top ten pick next year, I don't think. Oh, I don't think so. No. I mean no, I just going. No. I don't know. I still feel like his up CMC's upside's way too high to pass on him past like three or four and one QBs. I just yeah. don't you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have quarterbacks and stuff getting you other points, but you can hold off and they'll last longer in the draft, so it's not huge, but like like you know what I mean? Like I don't trust Joe Mixon to do this again. Another one that has injury problems. I don't trust Najee Harris. I mean, Austin Eckler, you could argue that maybe. Najee has has four games over 60 yards this year. So, rushing yards. That's so if it's all his passing work, if Roethlisberger gets replaced and they don't dump it off to him, he loses all his value. Yeah. I mean, not all of it, but but he'd be another year in the system. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Their offensive line's just trash. It was what, you know what I mean? It was, it was what I like when I said coming into the year. That's why I didn't, I didn't expect him to be this. I mean, I figured like a RB2. But I also didn't anticipate him getting like 30 targets a game. You know what I mean? Like, I figured Ben would at least be able to throw it more than five yards. It just, I don't know. I feel like Elliott will be up there again. I think Henry's going to be up there. I think CMC is going to be up there. I mean, these guys are still good. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It'll be interesting next year for sure. Yeah. At least in that top, the the top five, you know what I mean? Like where the pick's going to be. It's really interesting to think about because, I mean, I hardly thought about it until right there. And now you're looking at like where these guys are finishing at the moment. Like, I don't love taking Eckler too, you know, but like it makes sense. It just doesn't seem right, you know? Right. Dynasty, yeah, I'd move CMC. I think that's not a big deal. But if you're looking strictly as if you're drafting, it's going to be weird. But if you're if you're a team that is can that's contending this year and also is set up to con- compete, like that one team that I was just talking about, that team is set up to compete for the next two or three years straight. I have CMC. I don't. I'm not willing to move him. I wouldn't. But if you, if you're ready to compete, I wouldn't move him. I think his just value is way too high. You know what I mean? I, if you're a contender or like a borderline, his his value doesn't match his upside right now at all. No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, his value to your team is huge. If he's yeah. healthy, he's gonna be a top five running back. 
the problem is he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, which is part of the system, part of the game. But like, like, what are you going to get for CMC? I'm not going to give you a ton for CMC and dynasty. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I mean, I mean, you're, if you're a contending team that you're in next year, you're not moving him. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw one that somebody did that was like, it was CMC and like a mid-level wide receiver for like Godwin and David Montgomery. You know what I mean? Like if you're getting something like that, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. Seems he's interesting. He's hard. I was going to do that before the show. I I forgot to, uh, but he's in the, to do it. He's again, he's in the same situation as like Dalvin cook. Another guy that's injured. That's out another two or three weeks. Another guy that's had injury problems this season. His high upside value is there. But again, he's not worth a ton in a dynasty market on a basis that people are ready that he's at that cliff. He's at that point of like, okay, what is he really worth? But what you're going to get back for him isn't worth what his upside could be. So it's like, what do you do with guys like this? For example, Zeke, you know what I mean? There's rumors that he could be shut down or limited, but then you have Jerry Jones coming out and saying today that he's not going to be limited. So what's the situation? How healthy is Zeke? Tony Pollard's breathing down his back. A lot of interesting things there in that running back position and the changing of the guard, you could argue. But the problem is, is a lot of these younger running backs are in committees. Like, what is Javante Williams's value? You know what I mean? Everybody's super hyped on him. His value is super high. We saw a little bit of a tidbit where Malvin Gordon didn't get a ton of touches. He kind of got injured and banged up, and Javante ripped off a 20-point PPR week. Like, is that his weekly – is that what he's going to be next year? Is he going to get us 20 points every week? Is he going to be a top-five running back? Right. Or is it just lightning in a bottle for a week, and now everybody's going to be like, well, this is what he could do. You know what I mean? So – I mean, just just looking at, I went to DLF's like trade finder. You look some of the deals that went down today for CMC, CMC and Tyler Johnson for AJ Dillon, Leonard Fournette, and Odell Beckham, and that's in a dynasty league. Christian McCaffrey for Elijah Mitchell and Kyle Pitts. Before this year, that that trade would probably be getting those trades probably getting vetoed actually they would be getting vetoed there's no there's no if fans are about about it to me christian mccaffrey terrace marshall and zach Ertz for saquon alex collins and adam troutman like laughable <laughs> literally laughable and that's that's like where he's at now like it's it's really weird i get it though they've had if you're a CMC manager, like you have had two years of just meh. Yeah, but if you're a Saquon owner, you've also had two years of meh. Yeah, the Saquon one's interesting. You really treated like Alex Collins, who's not going to be a starting running back next year. And he's Adam not even Trump. valuable right now. I mean, really, Alex Collins, I have him on some of my rosters, has like gotten four PPR points the last three weeks. Like he's just not valuable. How are you? He scored 20 points against Pittsburgh, and then he's been nothing. So you got a guy who's basically valueless, Saquon. And then who was the third piece? Troutman. And Troutman, who 
is probably nothing. I mean, he started to come along, but now he's on IR. Yeah, but he only came on because Trevor Simeon was in there. Like, you know what I mean? It was the quarterback scheme. You know, like, what is the future? What if Winston comes back and he's not? I don't know. All right. So I'm just going to real quick. I'm going to go back to a week from today. All right. Christian McCaffrey for Tyreek Hill in a second. Christian McCaffrey for Derrick Henry, a first and a second. Uh. Christian McCaffrey in a third for Derrick Henry, Rondell Moore in a first. Christian McCaffrey for Alvin Kamara in a first. Like one week and he goes for Alex Collins, Adam Troutman, and Saquon Barkley. Like that's just See, that's insane to me. It's insane. That's the old antage. What can you do for me now? Those guys aren't doing anything for you now. <laughs> just saying. They're healthy, nothing, though. Nothing at they're all. They're healthy, though. It, no, they're not. Troutman's not healthy. Alex Collins is barely healthy, and Saquon Barkley is just averaged like two point one yards per carry last week. Hey, man, they can be played though. Anyways, DeAndre Swift <laughs> is trending towards being out of Week Thirteen. Um, fire up Jamal Williams, um, but there's hope that. DeAndre Swift might be back for week 14 and beyond. Um, Miles Sanders um, re-aggravated his ankle sprain. He's considered week to week. Um, it's been a tough, tough go here for running backs. Um, again, watch the Miles Sanders situation. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard might have some run in them again. Interesting one for Sunday and a nice matchup against the Jets. Jalen Hurts has a left ankle injury. Even if he plays, I think that should be interesting. Um, as far as his fantasy value goes, a lot of it's on the ground. How bad is this ankle going to affect him? So that's definitely something to monitor. And depending on your quarterback situation, you might want to pivot off of Jalen hurts. Um, um, just going back to Miles Sanders watch... real quick. Sorry. Just going back to the mouse Sanders real quick. Jordan Howard's not expected to play. So. Oh, is he injured as well? Yeah. yeah. Mm, I hate to see it. Kenny Gainwell? Question mark. Is it back? They played him in the in the fourth quarter and when they were playing from behind. So when they they needed him to when they needed him to be out there. So I mean he's gonna see snaps, but I'm not trusting him in any lineup that's for sure. <laughs> I might get risky. Uh Debo Samuel groin strain. He is out a couple weeks. Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Question mark. Elijah Mitchell. Not benching him ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk is kind of a guy I think that you could look to fire up and have some hope. Um, some deep guys, Trent Surfield. Um Jaquan Jennings. Yeah, Jaquan Jennings has kind of emerged. Um at least for a couple weeks, Villain, you gotta get somebody in. They might be rosterable players. A guy that I hate to see go down, uh, Darren Waller, is week-to-week still with his knee. Um, so look for Foster Moreau possibly to get the start this week. Um, and then a fellow tight end, Dan Arnold, um, MCL sprain. He seems to be done probably for the season. Um, it's four to six weeks, but Jacksonville, they might just shut him down. 
So, unfortunately, a guy that's kind of emerged as a great weekly tight end just because of his target share and a safe floor of about 9 to 10 points. Looks like we lost him to an injury, sadly. Um, James O'Shaughnessy is a name to watch. He kind of had a a slight stint before he got hurt early in the season. Um, He definitely could be somebody who takes over for that Dan Arnold injury. Randall Cobb is a groin strain. He is out for multiple weeks. I don't know how much fantasy value really even Cobb had. I mean, he had a couple good weeks, but at this point it seems like it's Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams in that offense. So forever. Um, Daryl Henderson injured quad strain seems to be in question for week 13. So we might see Sony Michelle get the run there. Um, doesn't seem to be much more than that though, I think. So hopefully for, if he does miss week 13, he should be back for the playoffs in 14, 15, 16. Um, JD McKissick neck injury. He is listed as week to week. And seeing as in they're going to be on a short week this week, I highly doubt he plays this weekend against the Raiders, um, which is really good news for Antonio Gibson playing against a weak Raiders um, rush defense, as well as just fantasy to running back point defense. So Antonio Gibson is definitely a guy to look out for. Hopefully you're not playing him. He could easily put up with that 20, 25 to 30 point week. I think Jarrett Patterson's viable. Maybe. Um, like a flex, like low end flex PPR play. How much did he? I didn't check. How much did he play at the end of the game when McKissick went down? Did he play a lot? Because he would have been active, I would have thought. I feel like he, Gibson's kind of just the guy, though, now. He was on the field for 13 snaps. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll get some run. They do like him a lot, and he has some value, but I'm not going to play him. I think it's going to be a Gibson type show. And you saw it. You know, he got seven targets, seven receptions last night um, on top of his rushing work that he's had the last couple of weeks. It just, again, it's the Raiders. I mean, they might be, it might be a little bit of a back and forth game, but I feel like they might try and beat him on the ground. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see him as like any value, you know, like he'd be an interesting add. Um, especially with a neck injury. So that could be definitely week to week that could linger. So the injury didn't look good. So I, I haven't heard anything about how long he's going to be out for, but the injury did not look good when it happened. So hate to see injuries. Hate to see it. Yeah. I mean, but for him, I'm probably adding him in a deeper league just in case something were to happen to Antonio Gibson. I yeah, mean, I mean, I'm gonna hedge on that a little bit if I'm in a deeper league and have, or just have a roster spot in general. I'm probably gonna at least pick him up just in case. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Now is the time of year where most of your players have already got past their buys. You probably know who your roster cloggers are. If you can drop one of those guys for a guy that could be an RB one on a team, I mean, that's where you kind of have to go at this point in the season. Yeah, I did a lot of that last week. I mean, I added Ronald Jones and Sony Michelle in a couple of my redraft leagues just on the basis of getting those little bit higher-end handcuffs that if there's a possibility of an injury, sadly, because it just happens. And, I mean, look at Daryl Henderson got a little bit of a quad strain, so 
it might benefit me. I might be able to play Sony Michelle this week in a lead role. Yeah. So Ryan, week twelve, it's concluded. The Bills won on Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, the Patriots won as well. The Monday night showdown. Man, did the the NFL is just good. They're good. They are really good at planning this stuff, aren't they? Now, see, we say that, but then we say, why are the Bears playing the Lions or whatever on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, but that's it's the Bears and the Lions. They got to play on Thanksgiving. It's a tradition. All right, they shouldn't be playing each other. Yeah, why not though? Because it's garbage football. True. I do like when they're separate. You know, like separate them. The Cowboys on Thanksgiving kind of seems normal, but like the Saints. The Bills, you know what I mean? Like, kind of seems like they're kind of becoming teams that tend to play it a lot. Yeah, the Bills have played back to back Thanksgiving Day. I don't think they played three years ago, but I'm, I know they're back to back because they beat up on Dallas last year. Yeah, it's been back to back. So it's in like back to back years. I mean, I don't mind it as a Bills fan. I liked the eight o'clock start a lot better than the yes. four. Yes. But definitely like the eight o'clock start better. But yeah, man, Monday night, next week. The division on the line. The Bills better show up because their defense is in trouble with no Trey White. I'm just going to say it. Don't be afraid to play Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers. I I really think that this pass defense is going to be – you'll be able to start wide receivers against the number one pass defense. I think they're going to slip a lot without Trey White. Still weren't able to do much of anything even after the Trey White injury, though. Ryan, think about what you just said. <laughs> Trevor Simeon, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith. No, Mac I mean, I, I, I get it. Nelson Aguilar. Kendrick Bourne. You guys aren't world beaters, though. Kendrick Bourne has four Kendrick Bourne is like with a wide receiver, like 15 in PPR right now. He has more points than Delvin Cook, I'm pretty sure. Someone saw I saw that on Twitter. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, but that's because Delvin Cook's missed games. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm really worried. 24 in PPR. Whatever. Same difference. 24, 15. They're all the same. And he's got more than four targets in four games. That's all it takes. Just saying. Just I mean, it helped his two-touchdown game this week. But... Either way, I'm just saying I'm worried, Bills fan. I just I, – I'm really sad. Say, um, as a Bills fan, I'm still not confident in this team at all. Yeah, it got worse losing Trey White. You know. not, I'm not confident at all. They're too inconsistent. Trey White being down hurts a lot. If they, if they come out and, like, just stomp on the Patriots, I will be slightly more – confident but until we like win and until it says the bills have locked up the afc east i'm not confident in them winning the division anymore like i don't really know. i feel like the patriots are the game now that in the rest of this, the rest of the season i feel like that's the games the two of these games are really what's going to m- determine how i feel like the buccaneers was one that i kind of had benchmarked but like They've been very meh as well, you know? Like, they haven't been what they were. I still feel like they're probably going to be a benchmark. 
Like that's going to be a big tell. But like the rest of the games, I mean, you've got New England, you've got Carolina, you've got at at worst they should go three and three to finish the year, and that would put it at what? Not ten and seven. Mm -hmm. That's not going to win the division. No, I mean they can't. They have to. I mean they have to sweep New England. They have to. So, luckily, they get Atlanta and the Jets to end the year. So, if it's a close race, then that might help them out. But New England, New England's just tough. That's just that's all there is to it. It's just man. Outside of the Bills situation, Ryan, Week Twelve. If you had to pick one, what was your biggest surprise? For me, it was Joe Mixon against the against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, I obviously you were starting him in your lineups, but you were not expecting a twenty-eight carry, one hundred and sixty-five yard, two touchdown performance. Uh, didn't do much with his four targets, but still had four targets. This is his fourth straight week with at least eighteen opportunities. Second straight week with thirty plus opportunities. Currently the RB3 in both PPR and standard. Um, his his recent volume and production makes him a weekly top five play in this offense for me, given the receiving options in this offense, which makes defenses unable to stack the box against him. He's only seen a stack box on 19% of his carries for the year. So he should, as long as he stays healthy, he should be able to produce top five numbers, even in matchups that are considered to be bad ones like Pittsburgh was. I feel like Pittsburgh gets overrated, like as a run defense. I feel like they've gotten gashed by a couple teams. Detroit did it. Cincinnati did it now. After this week, they are the 20th ranked rush defense. But everybody always says that they're just like, they're always like, oh, no, they're playing the Steelers. They can't run the ball. You know what I mean? Like, am I am I weird for thinking that? Like, am I the only person who thinks that people say that? No, I mean they took they took a pretty far fall in terms of points scored against after this week because he put up just such a massive point total. I know they're they're much closer to a top fifteen defense against running backs than they were than they are now uh, before this week happened, but. They're still still allowing over four point eight yards to carry. I mean, it's not. It's obviously not as intimidating as we thought or have been thinking all year. I mean, I I have a like a color coded defensive points against Excel sheet that I made, and they're yellow and green across the board for the most part. So. Which is easy with your Excel sheet. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go the opposite way with the surprise. I could easily pick Javante Williams over here. I could easily pick. No, you cannot pick Javante. Anybody else. But I'm not going to. I'm going to go negative. I'm going to go with somebody who burned me. Burned a couple people that I told to start them. Because I'm just in a burned mood. You know, it's like burn notice over here. Love that show. 
Aaron Jones. What's my beef? My beef's like, why'd you start him? Why'd they even play him? Why? What was the point, Ryan? Please tell me. What was the point? There wasn't one. There was none. Why didn't they just sit him? Like I said, could have made my fantasy decisions much easier. No, instead, they start him. They give him 10 carries, 23 yards. 2.3 yards a carry. He I'm obviously trying. was hurt. And Wait I get it's the Rams. But the Rams aren't good against the run. Wait a second. I'm pretty sure you said on the live show that even if he did play, you were not going to start him. I didn't. Maybe. No, I didn't say that. I highly I doubt think I said that. I know I did. Someone go back. And I check. Did. But I said if they're going to play him, he's obviously got to be healthy. That's yeah. Because what's that's, the point? That's what you said. You said if they were, if so why wouldn't they give him a full workload? They didn't. The healthy because he obviously wasn't healthy. So was it just a situation he got out there and they're like, oh, he's not as good as we thought. Let's sit him. Either way, at two point three PPR points, like why? Why'd they even play him? You know what I mean? Like, because now I'm sitting there sick and guessing it. You got to play your studs when they're active. I play my studs, and this is what I get. Eh. <laughs> it just made no sense. It's their bye this week. Like, why didn't they just sit them? I man, I don't know. I the only thing, the one thing is, is that given what we saw. And knowing that they should have went more conservative, I would not be surprised if his workload drops a little bit, even when he is healthy now. AJ Dillon's proving that he can handle a larger workload, and he's a much different style runner than Aaron Jones is. I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Dillon starts to see some more goal line work, some more short yardage work. Uh, I'm just. They're going to need him for the stretch run. They, they definitely will, but I uh, I don't think you're going to see the massive workload that he was receiving before or he has seen before. Hmm. Another one. Why'd they even pay him all that money? You know what I mean? Like, they paid him a ton of money to keep him, and he's a talented player, but, like, they're giving the guy – I mean, some games he's had a decent amount of target. I mean, he gets like 20 touches a game, I guess. I mean, it's not that bad, but I don't know. I don't know. This week just peeved me. Like, what was the point of playing him? You know what I mean? Like, it's my own my own fault for starting him in fantasy football. Like, I can't blame him or, like, the actual health of his own human body. But, like, it's just kind of like why they, you know, they made it hard for me. And I just – that's all. I said to Ben a little. There you could. Right. Yeah, I'm good now. Let's talk about week 13. I'm starting Aaron Jones. No. Or not. He's on a bike. That's, that's how it just, you know, quick click it over. <sighs> Anyways, week 13, Ryan. Waiver ads. We got to get those claims in. Maybe you have Aaron Jones. Maybe you had CMC. Maybe you have Delvin Cook, like me. Who's one of the top ads that you're looking at this week, Ryan? My number one ad outside of Alexander Madison, who is obviously either rostered in majority of leagues or he actually isn't. I did an article for 
SGPN on Sunday. Yep. ESPN, he's only rostered in like 40% of 44% of leagues of redraft. He's rostered in 57% of leagues of sleepers. So, well, I'm just saying ESPN I, is not what we use for that, but ESPN doesn't know what they're doing. Oh, I'm just saying that's what I use. <laughs> Anyways, oh, I lied. It has it at 33%. See, at this point, at this point of the year, like I cannot stress this enough. You you should know who you're playing at this point. And if you have like low upside guys, you should be getting people's handcuffs. You should be getting Alexander Madison. You should already have him on your roster. You should already have guys like Chuba or Tony Pollard or just any of these guys that could be an RB two or higher the moment their starter gets injured. You should already have these guys on your roster if you can swing it. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. But like my like the guy I'm about to talk about right now, Jamal Williams. Had 20 opportunities last week after DeAndre Swift went down. They get Minnesota this week, who's allowing over 25 PPR points per game to opposing running backs, which is bottom 12 in the league, while allowing four and a half yards per carry. In my opinion, he is a must-add for anybody that is in need of a running back this week. Um, I'm putting a claim in for every league that I'm in for him. He's only rostered in 41% of leagues, so he's my number one priority add outside of Alexander Madison, who is already going to be the guy that people probably spend the majority of their fab on, if not the rest of it on, so... He's going to be the cheaper option of the two and debatably gets a softer matchup this week. So he might even be more helpful. But with Alexander, with that said about Alexander Madison, the reason why he should be your number one waiver claim and you should be spending probably the rest of your fab on him is that in the four games without Cook, Madison has seen a 78% rushing market share, a 14.5% target share, 25 opportunities, 125 total yards per game, and averages 21.2 PPR points per game in those four games. His schedule isn't the easiest moving forward after they play Detroit this week. They get Pittsburgh, who's 20th, and then they get Chicago, who's 12th, the Rams, who are 15th, and Green Bay, who's 9th throughout the year. So be mindful of that, but you, at this point, at this point, he's he's a guy that you got to be willing to spend the fab on just because of what he's done without Dalvin Cook in the lineup. He already put up 26 points on the Lions in week five. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's going to he's gonna have a big day, and that's going to be why people throw the majority, if not all, of the remaining fab on him. So my guess is that – the cheaper option is going to be Jamal Williams, who isn't going to have the same upside, I don't think, but he should have a nice day against Minnesota. Nice. I like it. I like both of them. I agree. Madison's a must. Um, Williams, if he's out there, is a must. I found that Williams was actually rostered in more leagues, at least in that one article for ESPN. So, but. One that's rostered in not many, um, kind of a guy that's been under the radar, hasn't been used a lot. Um, he's probably not like a top ad, but and for me, he is in a lot of dynasty leagues, deeper leagues. Matt Breda, um, he's kind of emerged in Buffalo. He, I mean, 
mean, Zach Moss was inactive on Thanksgiving. So he's kind of gives you that off-speed pitch. He's a little bit faster than the other two. Um, he gives you that screen game. And he's just starting to see more touches in this offense that has struggled to find an identity this season. So for me, I think he's going to be under the radar and he's worth, you know, part of your fab a little bit, toss a waiver wire in there. If you need a running back, say you lost CMC, say you lost somebody and you need a fill in this week. For example, this week they played new England statistically. They're not, they're a little bit tougher, I believe. Um, but we just saw the Titans put up 200 yards on them with Dontrell Hillard and Deontay Foreman on the ground. So for me, I think there's a very good percentage that Matt Breda could give you double-digit points this week um, in a PPR league. So for me, it's just a, basically kind of a one-week fill-in because we don't know what the rest of the season is going to be, and their, their schedule gets pretty tough with Carolina and Tampa in the fantasy playoffs. So I'm not sold on him being like a league winner, but he might be able to help you get into the fantasy playoffs this week. You're not worried about Zach Moss being active again? Do you think Zach Moss is just a healthy scratch from here on out? As long as Singletary and Breed are both active? Huh? I'm just asking a question. No, I'm not. Not at all? I haven't totally liked Zach Moss. There's been slight times where I've allowed myself to buy in, and I've put him in articles, and I wrote about him, and I'm like, you know what? This could be it. He could emerge. Healthy scratch. So... Zach Moss is on my burn list. Okay. He's on my burn list. I just can't deal with it. I can't. And no, I don't think so because it gives you something else. You know what I mean? It, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are very similar. Moss is maybe a little bit more powerful, but they're very similar. They both run a very similar 40 time. They both kind of do both things well. Like everything they do is kind of similar. Singletary gives you a little bit more shiftiness. Moss doesn't, but they're very similar backs. So I think Moss is seeing the bench because Breda is so good in the passing game that they're allowing him to play the third downs where that would be normally what Zach Moss would do because he's such a good pass blocker. So I think Zach Moss is the most likely to see the healthy scratch over Devin Singletary. And I believe Breda's just speed that he brings, these two can't match it. So it's something that they need and they've seen that they need it, and I don't see them going back at this point. And they can't roster, or they can't activate all three of them because then they'd have to activate four because Taiwan Jones has to play for special teams, and Moss, Singletary, or Breda don't play special teams. So, Now, I got in this discussion with somebody else earlier in the week when Breda, when it was announced that Zach Moss would be healthy and active uh they asked me if i thought that Breda was just better than zach moss like just purely more talented than he is and i don't know if that's the case or if he's just fresher and just looks better because he hasn't played hardly at all like his he had four attempts in week one he didn't see another carry until week 10 so it's Breda's always been talented. He looked great in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. He's always been talented. I think Breda is 
I'd argue Breda could be more talented than Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss, they do two, they just, just do different things. If Devin Singletary wasn't here, they'd probably have Braden and Zach Moss playing. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I would the, argue, Zach Moss's problem is Devin Singletary, not Breda. I would argue that Breda's probably a more well-rounded back. He's probably a more balanced back for that offense. Yeah, he's just faster. He gives you that speed. He doesn't have necessarily the shiftiness. He's elusive to an extent. But like yep. he doesn't give you like that miss in a phone booth where Devin Singletary gives you that. And Singletary's been impressive all season. I mean, he manages to get yards. He falls forward. Something in Zach Moss just tends to run into linemen and get stuffed. And like he hasn't just has looked bad all season. And I think because of how good Singletary looked and then the fact that Moss can't give them the speed that Breda does, that's the situation we're in at the moment. And I think they've seen what the speed of Breda does to a defense, and they're like, ooh, this is a, a factor that we've lacked from the backfield. So, I mean, to be honest, I know, and it's going to have to, it's, the Bills still have a lot of other voids to fill in the offseason, but it's, again, it's going to be another one that I'm beating at a drum that in the first or second round they have to take a running back. I know this class isn't great, but they really need to get a – like a solid running back back there. They don't need a workhorse, but they need to get, I say a spiller or like a Kyron Williams or just somebody who has that ability to kind of, I don't know, game break it from back there because they can't keep running Josh on quarterback sweeps at the 50. You know who I, who I said I thought would look good in a Bills uniform next season? Who? Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to drive too far up. I don't – I mean, I like Kenneth Walker. I mean, he could be an option. Um, I don't know. I feel like they just don't value the running back position too much, which is weird coming from a team that drafted CMC. I mean, that organization. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, okay. I see what you're That Like, that they it. don't really value yeah. the running back in this offense. But I don't know. I think they should have taken Javante Williams. Him in this offense would have been freaking nasty this year. But, I mean, you can't argue Gregory Rousseau looks pretty good. But I'm just saying. Just saying. Maybe they'll take my – maybe they'll take Brees Hall this year. I'd love it. I'd be all over it. If they do, that could be – all right. All right, we've we've gone on way too many tangents today, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a couple in real quick ones, and then we'll sign off. We're almost at the hour. We are. You want me to go on my number two? Yeah. So this is purely just in case for me, but number two for me is Sony Michelle. Uh, week three with Tampa against Tampa with Daryl Henderson being out. He didn't produce a ton of points, but it was against Tampa. He saw 95% of the carries and a 11% target share. He will almost certainly have RB2 upside in a matchup against Jacksonville, who's allowing 25 PPR points a game on the season to running backs. And obviously the volume will be there, given what we saw earlier in the year, if Henderson were to miss this game with that uh, mysterious quad injury that he had. Uh, I think it kind of flew under the radar. Uh, at the end of the game, at the end of the week. So don't really know how that's going to look, but 
I'd be adding him just in case because even if he if Henderson were to miss this or play this week, if he reaggravates that injury and they sit him the following week, he is still he would still have RB two upside with his volume. So whether it be for this week or if a reaggravation occurs and he get and Daryl Henderson gets hurt, he's one of these guys that I was talking about where you should be having handcuffs to backs at this point if you can afford to put them on your bench. I like it. Um, I'd start Sony Masol this week against Jacksonville um, if he gets that big workload for sure. Okay. So I totally get it. Um, I'll just drop a couple quick names out there. I think an interesting one that could be a low, low fab budget ad or a late wet ad after um, Josh Reynolds is definitely interesting. He's a guy I added as soon as Detroit added him. I'm in a couple spots of my deeper dynasty leagues just because of that connection with Jared Goff and the fact that there's no proven wide receiver really in that room yet. That's Mm -hmm. kind of emerged. Um, We saw him very low target share. Um, I think he only had five or six targets, but again, it's a team that doesn't throw the ball that much. So he did take three receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown Um, with the field stretching abilities. He's playing outside. He's not playing a slot role. Um, and he might be able to do a little better in that position. So he's a guy that's interesting to watch, someone I'm adding, um, especially with the wide receiver issues that we've seen, like A.J. Brown going down on IR, Julio Jones. You know, there's some names out there that are injured or going to be on bye weeks the next couple weeks that are going to need fill-ins. Devontae Adams is going to be a guy that's going to be out on a bye week. Um, DeAndre Hopkins still hasn't come back. We don't know if he's going to be back this week, so – just interesting guy that might be able to be played here in the next couple weeks. So the Vikings they get this week is a fairly easy wide receiver matchup. It's not like crazy good, but it's middle of the road. And I, I read a set on them. They ran 11 personnel at a season high rate. I think they had three wide receivers at over 80% snap share. So He's going to be on the field, especially if DeAndre Swift doesn't play. Uh, he's he's definitely going to be on the field. So I, I actually kind of I actually like that ad, seeing as how they're going to have to throw to somebody. And yeah, it just seems the snaps in a game that you're probably going to be trailing. Uh, why not? And he's always had fantasy intrigue. You know, people have always like when he was in LA, and then when he landed in Tennessee, like he he has talent, he has ability, mm-hmm. he's athletic. It's just kind of like seems like it just never worked out and maybe it will work out here with a, with a better opportunity that he could see a larger target share because there is no technically quote unquote alpha receiver. Right. Are you, gonna, you, you said you had a couple of names. So I, was, I wasn't sure if you were going to give your other, uh, your other couple of names. <laughs> Fine. You know what? You're going to push me like that. Nick Westbrook Akina is a guy that I'm kind of interested in. Um, again, AJ Brown down for three weeks or so. He's available in almost over 96% of ESPN leagues currently. So just kind of a guy. He scored a touchdown. He didn't see a lot. Um, he only saw five targets, but only caught two of them. I don't know if that's Tannehill or just the New England defense is really good. Um, JC Jackson's underrated. That pass defense is probably going to be one of the better in the NFL this season so for me i feel like he's only scored 10 points like i said only had two receptions but one was a touchdown wasn't a great performance so he's going to fly even farther under the radar 
but I think in a better matchup, he could have better opportunities. Um, he's off in week 13. So if you need him for week 13, he's not great, which is also another knock on him. If you're a contender to add him for 14, 15, 16, 17, because people probably won't look at him that need a win this week. So just kind of another under the radar that might pay off in the future. Then that's where I'll stop. It's all you. You close her out. So my last guy is another guy who had pretty high upside given if his starter ahead of him is out with, and that's Boston Scott with Miles Sanders going down. Uh, we talked about Jordan Howard or with Miles Sanders re-aggravating his injury and Jordan Howard likely to play, unlikely to play this week. Uh, Boston Scott's really interesting to me. He was a top 20 back last week with Sanders going down. Like I said, he and Jordan Howard are likely to miss this week, which gives Boston Scott uh, RB2 upside, possibly even more. They're allowing the most PPR points to running backs in the league with over 35 per game while allowing 4.6 yards per game or per carry. Uh He's definitely a guy that I'd be very interested in spending some fab on to get on my team if you miss out on guys like Alexander Madison or Jamal Williams. Or even I'd probably put him over Sony Michelle, especially because we're not sure what Daryl Henderson's injury looks like. But if you go for any any of those guys, I mean you're you're likely if their starter doesn't play like we're expecting them to, uh all those guys probably have RB2 upside with a solid volume floor. I like it. Add them all. Add in plenties. You know what I mean? Just just bunches. Yeah, just everything you can get. Sure. <laughs> Literally everything you can get. If you're you see a handcuff running back and you're on the waiver wire, just put just put a waiver claim in for him. If you put thirteen of them in, and if you you're bound to get at least one of them. Or none. No. Unless it's fab. <laughs> then then you might be in trouble. Either way, sound advice from my co-host, Ryan Mackey. Add that running back handcuffs. Always a plus. You never know. Really don't. That's, that's going to wrap the show up. Hopefully the waiver wire ads hit this week. Ryan, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you again? What you have going on? Tell you, are you gonna, are you gonna continue? No. You, the way you said that, like anything you got going on, and you took a breath, and it sounded like you're gonna say something else. It's waiting on you. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Mackey underscore FFB. Uh, Jeremy, I know you got involved with this too, but. I just joined the NFT fantasy club. Um, talked to Austin plants. Jeremy kind of put me on to this. I talked to him, talked to Austin, did some research on NFTs and really excited for what he's doing. Jeremy, I don't know if he got a hold of you about what he gave his contributors today, but um, I'll be writing articles for them here shortly. I'm already working on one as well as working on an article for yards per. So Ryan, check that out when I drop. Well, now that I have a steady schedule going on and it's not crazy holiday season yet, I have a little bit more time. So 
should have articles coming out for yards per and which my article for yards per is going to be surprises for this season that I'm not targeting next season. So guys that I think are going to regress. Yes. Strongly. I like it. So just be on the lookout for that. Like I said, find me on Twitter at Mackie underscore FFB. DMs are always open. Uh, keep the questions coming. I have a couple guys that always tag me and stuff. So I appreciate that. Uh, yep. Yeah, hope you guys have a good waiver wire and uh, good luck. You can find me, Jeremy, at Pope's FFH on Twitter. Any written stuff is on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yards per, and like Ryan had alluded to, NFT Draft will have some stuff on there as well. Until Sunday, stay healthy, take care, and good luck.